You're the killer, Anna Lucia. I guess he decided to start talking, huh? Welcome to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the weekly Lost edition of Generally Speaking. I'm Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we're here talking about the most recent Anna Lulu episode titled Two for the Road. Anyway, what did you think about the episode? I thought it got started off slow. I think it actually started off a little bit predictable. Okay. But it ended really well. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that, won't we? Yes, we will. In fact, we're here doing our initial reactions, and uh, this is a completely unscripted part of the show. I am so excited. I am totally excited. Because now the authors of the show, the writers of the show, have gone on record, and inside the bunker is officially called a hatch. hatch. And the reason why I can say that is because when Michael is brought back Mm -hmm. into the hatch, he wakes up and goes, Oh, how did I get away? Try to take it easy, okay? You're back in the hatch, okay? You're back in the hatch, okay? You're back in the hatch. You're back in the hatch. Mm -hmm. And then just a couple lines later, we have Michael saying that they have a hatch with metal doors. And the reason why this is so funny and so important, because we're a member of the Lost Podcasting Network, and there are several other Lost podcasts out there. And basically, there were a couple podcasters out there that were getting kind of frustrated that everybody calls this underground bunker the hatch when they're inside and referring to the whole location underground this this dwelling underground as the hatch because technically speaking the reason why that was carried over is because they had found a hatch and the definition of a hatch is kind of like a doorway into such a bunker right and so but when they actually got down in when they went through the hatch and into the bunker the the term hatch had carried on and so a, a couple of the other Lost podcasters, I, I think it was um, Scott and Steve, they decided they will never call it that again. And now we have the writers of the show calling right. it a hatch. And I just think that's awesome it, because we have stuck to our ground, by golly. We have said we are going to call it a hatch. It is the Hatchler pad. And, and so I, I'm kind of excited to have the writers throw the hatch right. in there. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, let's see here. So we have this word. There was a four-letter F word in this show over and over and over again. And I was kind of shocked that they, that they would have this four-letter F word through the entire episode. Do you know what four-letter F word I'm talking about? No. Fate. All over the place. Yeah, it was. You want to come? I'm serious. Why would I go to Sydney with you? Maybe fate has just thrown the two of us together, you know, like... Two drinks in an airport bar. Why would fate do that? 
Oh, same reason fate does anything, so that we can help each other out. My, my. Look what fate has delivered up this time. Yes, yes absolutely. Okay. Of course, the authors have have played this whole you know thing out, this whole fate theme going through the show. And so I kind of like that. That was kind of interesting. What he was going down there for is going to be dangerous. Christian Shepard said, What I'm doing down there could be a little dangerous, and I need someone to protect me, a bodyguard. Now, what gets me in this clip is that he said what he's going down there for is dangerous, and he needs protection. Now, he obviously went down there for something, and it was more than just running away. And it was it was slightly more than not being able to go home. There was this woman that we have no idea who she is, except for the fact that we believe now that Jack Shepard may have a sister or a half-sister that he doesn't know about. I want to see my daughter! I want to see my daughter! But I don't see the dangerousness in that. Does that make sense? It was dangerous because he died. I mean, obviously, there was some danger involved. Maybe what he was meaning was himself. He needed protection from himself, so maybe he was just not exactly... So you maybe think, because he obviously got a little rough with the the lady at the door. Yeah, he did. But but no, but, I mean, I don't even mean that. I mean, um, just we all battle our own inner demons. And okay. So I guess he knew that whatever going to see his daughter, I think he probably knew that he wouldn't get to see her. And I don't know. I don't think of it as dangerous as like maybe you are thinking I think that the reason why I think what I'm thinking is because when you actually listen to what he said in the episode, it, it's kind of dangerous. I could really use the help of somebody who's just decided to no longer be a cop, kind of for protection. So yeah. I, I think there's something more that we're going to learn about Maybe that so. situation. Okay. I thought it was all kind of just ho-hum until Michael shot Anna Lucia. You didn't like the episode at all? I didn't say I didn't like it at all. I just thought it was just, eh, just like every other episode. No. I, I, I'll tell you one thing that did stand out to me. You can tell that they are starting to wind things down to this big cliffhanger. They're taking care of little things. Mm-hmm. Gearing up for this, for this huge cliffhanger that I think they're, well, that I know that they're going to do. So that's one thing that stuck out to me. But other than that, it was just... You really think so? It was just ho-hum, huh? Because I I wrote down some notes. There were some things that were said in the show that kind of really stuck out. Yes, there were. I liked some of the brilliant lines that they wrote in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, we had um, Henry Gale talking with John Locke. If you've come to apologize, I forgive you for hitting me with your crutch. I'm so glad my head didn't break it. Why? Now that's a broad question. Why'd you try to hurt Anna Lucia but not me? I'm not sure I know what you're getting at, John. I was trapped under that blast door, helpless. You could have crushed my skull, but you didn't do a thing. Why didn't you? And I failed my mission. What mission? When that woman caught me in her trap, I was on my way here, John. I was coming for you. That was excellent. It was because he knows knows exactly how to... He does. How to play John. Or is John making Henry Gale think? I, it, it's kind of a twist. You just that's, don't know. That's true. You just because don't know. Because he, he says to you... Jack later that, you know, hey, I, I, you know, 
I agree with you. We we don't trust them anymore. So good. Right. But he also, um, Henry, was also playing Anna Lucia there at the end. But here's the here's the one line that I really liked. Mm-hmm. Because you're one of the good ones, John. It was a good line, and I it think was it was a good line. That was see, yeah. that was something in the in the episode that just wasn't ho hum for me. That was something that, that was really, mm-hmm. you know, that I like that. Well, every episode has things that we really like. Sure. But that doesn't make it spectacular or special or... No, I... You know, I guess I just... I've come to expect more from this show and they can't just do a everyday kind of TV episode. Ever since I've played that little clip from the VH1 thing from last week where the guy complains about you don't get anything until the last... (laughs) <laughs> that's it, not true. Ever since then, you, you're just like, oh, that is so true. These that gigs, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Stop it. You just you, can't be you so You haven't negative. even talked to me since last week when we came down here to record. <laughs> that's not true. I know, but I thought I'd try. That's not... What you're saying about me is not true. No. I don't think that I've no, I agree. been you, that way since you played that You clip. like those relationship crap things, and you didn't get a whole lot of that. Maybe, but... <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> no, that's you not what it is. You didn't get enough of just, the relationships. There was plenty of relationship. There was this psycho weirdo thing going on between Anna and Christian. There was the Hurley trying to get it on with Libby. There was Anna Lucia using her body to steal a gun from Zoe. I mean, there were plenty of relationship yeah, things what's going up with on. That? One of the things that I thought was going to be a critical plot line in next week's episode... Was that Sawyer and Anna Lucia were going to have poison ivy. And now with her dying, um, what's up with that? Anyway. Maybe I'm just ready for the season to be over and... You just you're think, just sounding extremely I cynical. I am. Why is that? I don't I, know. We need to know the world wants to know. The world wants to know that I am I don't know. Because I mean you're kind of dragging down the show here. I mean the people come here, they want to hear us talk upbeat and happy and But I is, just didn't find anything to I talk know, about. I'm totally kidding I'm sorry. with you. No, I'm totally I'm totally kidding with you. Yeah. If you think an episode if you think an episode is horrible then then i didn't say horrible i said ho-hum 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 horrible they both start with an h (laughs) i'm just giving you a hard time okay i have just come to expect more from the show and i just for there were there was a while there there was a period of time where every episode just completely rocked your night you know what i mean and it's just not doing that anymore it's like every other show on tv right now be careful we we've already got a negative comment about us Throwing down or talking about other shows negative now. Well, no, because this is the number one <laughs> drama on television. It needs to be number one. No doubt. I, I will say that it, okay? was, it wasn't it, the number one show no, on on no. TV this week. And that's I all will, I'm saying. Okay. okay. If you if you hold the award for the for the most outstanding drama on TV, live up to it. That's all I'm asking. I will give you that. Okay. That's all I'm asking. You've converted me. I believe okay. it was a ho-hum episode. Thank you. Let's continue. What else <laughs> happened in this ho-hum episode? <laughs> all right. Henry Gale said something extremely interesting and something we've heard. He always says something extremely He does. I know what it was. Go ahead. Tell me. I'm dead already. None of this matters. I'm dead anyway. It, it, it's 
is it? I'm a, already dead. I can't wait till we do the season review of one and two, and I want to start keeping track. Count? I don't know if I'm going to count because that takes too much time on my part. But I'm sure there are some listeners to our podcast and people on the forum that would be happy to do that right. for us. Right. Um, so if anybody's interested in that <laughs> job of keeping track of how many times they reference "I'm dead already." I think that'd be interesting interesting to take a look at. But it did show up again and again from Henry Gale. Uh, Let's see here. Why would your own people want to kill you? He says, it's the man in charge. Mm -hmm. And and, and I love this because a lot of... There are some people out there speculating that the man in charge is actually a woman. Hi, this is Brad from New York. Um, I think... A good episode this week, but that's not what I'm calling about. Uh, I believe that the him that Henry Gale speaks of is actually her, and it is Danielle. Danielle tells Hurley that there's a radio tower on the island, but now they control it. If they control the radio tower, how come they have not changed the message back from back to the numbers that it was originally where it was originally? She changed the message for her SOS, but they never changed it away from it. If there isn't really a uh, tower on the island, they would have changed it back if they were in control. If she's in control of it, then, you know, there's no real reason to change it back. Also, she was the one that gave him Henry Gale, and she told him that Henry Gale was going to lie to you, was going to keep lying to you. So she was telling them the truth the whole time, knowing that, they, and she knew they weren't going to believe him, believe her, rather. Anyway, that's my theory, um, and I'm sticking to it. Bye-bye. I'm like, <laughs> come on, guys, you talk about conspiracy theories. Right, right. I, no, it, it can't be, and, and I think that they went... It, it was so funny. I think that they caught wind that they were speculating that mm-hmm. it was going to be a female that is he. And I I hope I'm not offending anyone because I know there are a couple great fans on our forum. Baby, you that always even, offend somebody. I know. It's a natural gift that I have. But anyway, the man in charge. He, he, he Listen to this. This is, this is kind of my little notes that I took. Mm-hmm. Why would your own people want to kill you? Because the man in charge. He's a great man, John. A brilliant man, but he is not a forgiving man. The man in charge, he's a great man, he's a great man, brilliant man, but he is not a forgiving man. He's a man, John. He's a man, John. He's a man, John. So, I mean, they made it clear tonight that he's a man. He is a man. Right. All right. So, anyway, Sawyer had some pretty hot lines tonight. Here's another idea Scram. You heard me now. Get. I know. That's like, uh, oh, hum. Uh, oh, hum. I got you. I that see. was just really, I mean, Sawyer is the wittiest one-liner on the show. And, and he, Scram is Scram, all he can come up it. with. Let's beat it, beat it, beat it. <laughs> do, do, do. Don't sing. People stop listening. All right. Okay, you're right. Uh, let's see here. Saeed's digging in a hole. Oh, but before he digs a hole, yeah. we got Patsy Cline. Patsy Klein. I go on walking. Seriously, don't sing. After midnight. <laughs> okay, he's not listening. Out in the but, moonlight. Um, yeah, they have the best music like on this show. We, used to do, I go on walking. we never go walking at midnight, After so midnight. can we move right along? <laughs> so what's this hole that Saeed's digging? He's burying Anna Lucia. I don't Is he preparing a burial pl- I plot? I mean, is is he listening? I mean, does he... Maybe he just needs something to do. He's I just think... bored and... I think Saeed was getting ready to kill Henry Gale. Maybe. And that he was preparing. He's had enough. He was preparing the grave. It's to, a little close to the beach. To, to oh, well. Wouldn't they be putting him back To bury him alive. <gasps> 
That would have been cool. There was this show called The Creep Show. But he's That I watched now. when I I'm was younger. I'm pretty sure that Michael let him go, and that's why Michael You're totally is. not listening to me. No. I'm just showing you how it feels. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Now I know how horrible you feel. So anyway, uh, there was this show when I was younger. It was called The Creep Show. And it was like this comic book. And they would show different, like, horror kind of things. I don't know why I was ever allowed to watch it, but <laughs> I watched it several times. And I remember this one part where they buried this guy out on the beach, and he and his girlfriend were on separate beaches, but they had But they close... were watching them on the TV. Yeah, you've seen it, where they made, made them watch each other. I think I saw a movie other. where they were watching that movie. It's really weird. That's too funny. No. We we were somewhere. We were somewhere and we watched a clip of it. It had um had Leslie Nielsen in yes. it, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen parts. Uh, that's the only part I've seen. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm thinking Saeed yeah. was... And who's the young guy from, gonna, uh, from think, Cheers? Oh, that... Uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson, yeah. He was in that too, right? Yeah. So, see? You, you, the Creep Show. Creep Show. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking. I think that Saeed found that the cable going into the ocean was a closed-circuit television feed, and he figured Maybe he was just going to bury him and... Electrocute him to death. I don't know. Perhaps we should move on. Maybe. Anyway, he's digging a hole. Yes. And I wonder, maybe he's digging a hole for an underground church. I don't know. (laughs) So Hurley uh, is planning a special date, a special Poor Hurley. Walks around in circles three times, and then Libby talks to him like he's two. Yeah. I don't see what he sees in her. I think Uh, he just wants to know where he knows her from. Dude, I love that line. I, that honestly, was so, oh. maybe if I drink enough, I'll figure out where I know you're from. I don't think he really has the hots. Well, it doesn't matter now. He does have dead. the hot. No, he has the hot. Had the hots for her. But um, we'll just is be, she dead? The only she one? was shot in the gut twice. She fell oh, on the floor. Oh, who knows? She fell. Yeah, I don't know. She Although they did show Anna Lucy. See, you turned the camera off a, now. They did show Anna Lucy go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she could she could have had a bulletproof vest on or something underneath there. No, I think she was bringing in the pillow to suffocate Henry Gale. You think? I don't know. I'm just speculating. Who knows? Anyway, um, so Sawyer says, hey, I'm walking here, and gets hit by a car door. Hey, I'm walking here. That was great. That was cool. So that was that must have been before they drank together. Yes, it was probably that day, earlier yeah. that day. Yeah. Because I, I kind of recognized the uh, little cocktail bar there. Yep. And then we have some questions, and a name was brought up. So, did you find Walt? No. Did you find... And then she mentioned this girl. What about everyone else they took? Cindy? Yeah, the youngest yep. of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> I am so glad that they brought Cindy back up. Right. Because I still believe that Cindy is another. And I believe that Libby was another as well. Right. And I don't think that Michael knew that Libby was another. Michael had to go back and... Mm -hmm. Anyway. So, Michael says they have a hatch. We can overtake them. Hey, go get the guns. Basically... Michael has this, he has a mission. I believe that... Michael's on a mission, and the man in charge... The man in charge has sent Michael there. He says, you've got to get Gail out of there, and whatever it takes. If you don't, we're going to kill Walt, 
So yes, he knows that they have Walt, and his plan is if he can get Gale released and not blow his cover, then they will return Walt, which I don't think will ever happen. Right. Yeah. But that. So basically, what we saw, and just putting the pieces together, it's kind of obvious that he shot himself in the arm that he make it look like because it looked like we thought, oh my gosh, is he going to kill himself? Right. And it's like, well, how's he like? That's three. Where's the four? No, it, it was like, hello, how how are you going to be with your son, Walt, if you kill yourself? And it didn't make any sense. And then right. they but showed previews. But it's going to look like Henry shot him and shot the girls and got away. Exactly. So, Which, so Libby has to die. If they were in the real world, she So would... Libby does have to die. Oh, yeah. Because Libby... But did you see Libby's face when she asked Anna what happened to her head? And... She said the guy in the hatch tried to kill tried me. Tried to kill me. Her face got. It's because Libby was another. I know. I'm. I'm just proving our our point that yeah. we think she's another. Other. Her face just got a little funny there, and yeah. she had to go take care of the problem. Yes, Sawyer did have one good one liner, and it was a literary reference, mm-hmm. and it was you too, Brutus. <laughs> and that's actually a line from a very popular book that. That their the name of it escapes me right now. I don't know right. if it was Macbeth or Cyrano de Bergerac or it was one of those things that I probably read the Cliff's Notes on in in high school, but <laughs> really didn't take the time to really bother reading it. But anyway, it it was actually E two Brutus. Yes, and so uh, definitely very cool. We have Henry talking about Goodwin. Yes, and definitely well informed about Goodwin. Yes, he told us all about you. Huh? How he thought you were worthy and that he could change you. But he was wrong. And it cost him his life. And and then we had pretty much, you know, the ending of the show that we've already talked about. So, so. did you see Michael killing Anna coming? I see all him as soon as, as soon as he got the combination, as soon as he got the gun, and just before he said, I'm sorry. I had this feeling that he was going to kill Anna Lucia. Really? Because I felt this the whole time. Did you? Mm-hmm. It was just before he said, I'm sorry. Just, just the, he was. It was the hesitation. different. It was the hesitation. He was just different. So, but it, it was still good. I mean, not, I'm not glad that, well, yeah, I'm glad that Anna Lulu is not going to be on the episode anymore because she has definitely been my least favorite character on the show. When I actually sat down here to start recording, I thought this was an excellent episode, and now I I think you've convinced me this was a ho hum episode. So that's just my. I agree with you. I I, I told, not so humble opinion. Anyway, that's it for now. Uh, we'll uh, catch up with well, you in yeah. a day or so with some listener feedback. the kickoff of the lost experience and man were you lost fans anxious not only did all the u.s people jump all over the uk launch they had all the clues within a few hours before proceeding i want to let you know that all the audio clips and images mentioned in this segment are already posted in the lost experience official clues segment of the forum 
which can be found at www.ravenscraft.org slash lostforum. Okay, first, on May 2nd, before the UK season premiere of Man of Science, Man of Faith, and Adrift, the Hanso Foundation website was being revamped. Any visitors to the site only found the word Namaste. Also, there was a press release from the Hanso Foundation circulating with a phone number and an email address. Calling the number gets you to a voicemail, but there's not that much there. I also sent a message to the email requesting more information, but haven't received any so far. Later on, however, during the UK premiere, there was a commercial for the Hanso Foundation, with voice work by Carlton Cuse, leading us to the website and giving us a phone number. Calling this number, you would hear this voicemail message. Welcome to the Hanso Foundation, reaching out to a better tomorrow. If you know your party's extension, you may enter it now. For general information, press 1. For Alvar Hanso, press 2. For Thomas Fierner Middlewerk, press 3. For Hugh McIntyre, press 4. For Peter Thompson, press 5. Thank you. And Namaste. Okay, so here's what's been found since the site relaunched. Using the password Breaking Strain in the newsletter sign-up section will get you logged in to speak with Persephone, but only briefly. Next, make sure you send a message to Jupe, the Life Extension Project orangutan. It doesn't matter what you say, but be prepared for the flashing video, and then when the brain or what looks like an island, or both, shows up, click the circles till the letters show up. The first letter is from the Global Welfare Consortium to the Center for Disease Control. It speaks of a disease that they suspect was released by the Hanso Foundation near one of their research sites. They ask for the CDC to intervene. Clicking on the signature of the letter brings up a second letter, dated six days later, sent from the same Global Welfare Consortium, to the Center for Disease Control. It apologizes for asking for help from the CDC in regards to the Hanso Foundation and says they are cooperating nicely now. Funny thing is, this letter is sent by a new general director, Peter Thompson, who also works for the Hanso Foundation. Clicking this signature brings up red letters and a voice that says, the Hanso Foundation, setting world speed records for subverting authority. Next, if you go into Active Projects on the website and click on the World Wellness and Prevention Development Program, go ahead and click on the world map. Then, let your mouse pointer hover over the area between Florida and Africa. You should see the pointer turn into a hand. Click that and you won't see anything in the boxes, but then move your mouse over the boxes and see a bunch of numbers. Breaking this code, by using A for one, B for two, and so on, it spells missing organs. What does this mean? We're not sure. It may be a password for more Hanso website study. Also today, the most recent report was a press release apologizing for the disruption in the service of the Hanso site, complete with email address and phone number of the communications director mentioned in the previous press release, Hugh McIntyre. His voicemail was full, but I sent my phone number to his pager. The only other thing I have to tell you is there have been some fake websites out there that have been kind of debunked as not seeming professional enough to be a part of this. So far, those, the list is as follows. ValenzettiFoundation.org, Widmore.com, GlobalParadigmsCorp.com, 
GeronimoJackson.com, MrClucks.com, and PikeHeavyIndustries.com. There is also some speculation that the Bad Twin novel released this past week is tied in, but we're not sure if this is true or how. However, that said, the first chapter is available to download for free from iTunes, so do it quick. So, all in all, a big week for Lost fans, and do get out there and experience all this for yourself. It's quite cool, and who knows, your unique perspective may shed some light on what we've already found. Keep in mind, after this report is recorded, there may already be more clues released, and or more revelation on existing clues. Stay tuned. And just think, this is only a few days into the first week, and the summer hasn't even started yet. This is Eric for the Lost Experience Report. Thank you very much, Eric, for bringing us that Lost Experience Report. And Eric will be joining us on a weekly basis throughout the summer hiatus even, I believe. And so we're very excited to have him uh, researching and calculating and putting all the clues together and bringing those for a quick, short report here on our weekly Lost podcast. Now, Eric did mention this, and you are... um, probably should know that you don't have to wait until the podcast comes out on a weekly basis. Instead, you can get the clues as they're released. And he had mentioned that you can go to ravenscraft.org forward slash lost forum. And if you are not already a member of our lost forum, I strongly urge you to sign up today. And we do require registration. There's information on there as to why we do that when you go to the site. And once you register a username and password, it takes usually within minutes, if I'm around my email inbox, or within a few hours, you will be approved so that you can sign in to your new username and password on our site. And it's very easy to find the lost experience there. In fact, what's so nice about it is that I have not had to go digging anywhere for all this information. Now, in the lost experience uh, report that Eric had just given, he had played the main menu, but I already know exactly what happens if you push option number one, for example. This is what you would hear. Det er alt for mig i aften, at blive her for lidt for den nyhed efter fuld af klassisk rock for 60'erne, inkluderet en eksklusiv afspilling af Geronimo Jacksons første komplette album, Magna Carta. Lige efter et par ord fra vores sponsor. Welcome to Verizon's voice messaging service. The Hansel Foundation is located at 544 Prasand Klingbai, DK1604. You can hear me. Don't listen to their lies. This is Persephone. I don't have much time. None of us do. If you want to know the truth about the Hansel Foundation, the real story, then remember. A lie told tight enough will always snap under the breaking string. Use that password on the website. Breaking string. They're coming. And this is option two right here. This will be hanging a little bit you noticed he said Geronimo Jackson there? Right now, if you post your resume on Monster.com, you're twice as likely to land the job you're looking for. Add for Welcome Monster.com. to Verizon's voice messaging service. 
You've reached the office of Alvar Hanso, President and CEO of the Hanso Foundation. Where is Alvar Hanso? What have they done with him? Who is in charge? Welcome to the Hanso Foundation. And then option number three. Now, obviously, Verizon uh, voice messaging service has paid for some advertising in this campaign. But I don't know that they've actually set it up too well. Because I've heard this uh, in several areas uh, talking about the voicemails. And every time I hear the voice messaging from Verizon and then they show it all breaking up, I don't know if that's good advertising to think that perhaps your voicemail might start playing back messages that were left to you that might be private or perhaps maybe even pick up conversations. So I don't know if that's a good advertising move there for Verizon or not. But anyway, here's what happens if you choose option number three. Welcome to Verizon's voice messaging service. You've reached the office of Dr. Thomas Werner Mittelwerk, Senior Vice President, COO, and Chief Technologist of the Hansel Foundation. I will be unreachable for the next three weeks. However, for those employees of Peak Heavy Industry and Widmore Corporation engaged in active projects, I will be continuously updating the confidential information line. Please refer to your project manual for hotline access instructions. Thank you, and namaste. And here is option number four. If I can get it to pull up here. Here we go. Welcome to Verizon's voice messaging service. Hi, this is Hugh McIntyre, Vice President and Communications Director of the Hansel Foundation. I'll return to the office in two weeks. If you're calling about the inquiry into our Korean offshore project, please hang up and contact our legal department. To hear more information about Jupe, the world's oldest orangutan, please refer to our website, thehansofoundation.org. Thank you, and namaste. Message one. Phew. Thomas, just got the changes. Good work. Uh, we should go ahead and rename the accelerated remote viewing training facility as well. We've got to try and put a public face on all this. Call me. Message two. Hugh, it's Darla. I need to talk to you about Sri Lanka. This just isn't right. And messages. Goodbye. And here's option number five. Right now, if you post your resume on monster.com. Welcome to Verizon's voice messaging service. Hello, you've reached the office of Peter Thompson, Vice President, General Counsel, and Secretary of the Hanso Foundation. Mr. Thompson is not available to take your call. If this is regarding the inquiry into the Korean offshore project, we must regretfully decline to comment. Give me the phone, Irene. Give me the... Give me it! This is Peter Thompson. As Chief Legal Officer, I wish to remind those who make threats against me and my colleagues, or any representative of the Widmore Corporation or Pay Heavy Industry, that these acts are criminal. Make no mistake, we will locate and prosecute you to the fullest extent of the law. That's a promise. 
Namaste. Okay, so that just gives you an idea of the kind of things that I was able to find and uncover about the lost experience without actually doing any digging or spending any hours at all going out on the web digging for clues. They were all there in the lost forum. And again, that's ravenscraft.org. That's R-A-V-E-N-S-C-R-A-F-T dot O-R-G forward slash lost forum. Register today. Next up, we have Molly H., from San Antonio, Texas, and she's going to bring us our weekly Lost Trivia segment update. Hey, Generally Speaking listeners, this is Molly H. with your weekly trivia report from Trivia Central here in rainy San Antonio, Texas. The winner of this week and last week's trivia quiz was Marley2A2. Congratulations, Marley, and keep up the great work. This week's trivia quiz was made by moderator Matt with the wonderful help of Dan23X. The first first four questions were submitted by Dan23X. Question number one. Mia Farlin, the woman who plays Daniel Rousseau, has guest starred many times on Lost. Exactly how many episodes has she appeared in? The answer was six. Solitary, Numbers, Exodus 1 and 2, One of Them, and Maternity Leave. Sawyer is an avid bookworm. What is the name of the first book he read on the island? The answer is Watership Down. In episode 3 of season 2, Orientation, Helen gave Locke a present when they were out to dinner. What was the present? A key to her house. Number 4. On Oceanic Flight 815, Hurley sat in what seat? What was the seat number? The answer was 20G. What three characters have been called special and who called them special? Locke was called special by his mother. Mr. Friendly called Walt a special boy. And Charlie's mom called him special also. Name five nicknames Sawyer has given to Jack. They are Jacko, Sheriff, Mr. Giggles, The Hero, Doc, Doc Quinn, and Chico. What episode did we find out it was Claire's birthday? Season 1, episode 18, entitled Numbers. Name three places that Walt's mother, Susan, mentioned her work as a lawyer took her and Walt. The answers were Australia, Amsterdam, and Rome. What was Sawyer chasing when he first heard the whispers? The answer was a wild boar. How long had Saeed moved before the CIA caught up with him in order to propose the request that involved Nadia? The answer is seven years. Matt and I would like to extend a special thank you to Marley2A2 and Gadriel for completing our trivia survey in the Generally Speaking Forum. Matt and I have created this survey to let us know how to create quizzes so that playing the Weekly Lost Trivia Contest will be more fun for you. To complete the survey, please go to ravenscraft.org slash lostforum and look under Podcast Listener Polls section. That's all for us here at Trivia Central. For now, for Matt and I, have a cluckety-cluck-cluck day. Molly, thank you so very much for bringing us the weekly launch trivia update, and congratulations uh, to Marley282, and for everybody else who's played. Thank you very much uh, for that. And yet another shameless plug for the Lost Forum. I didn't realize that we were going to have so many plugs. Well, maybe I did. And I just wanted to do it. So anyway, it's time for our listener feedback. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie, it's Jeff in Buffalo. 
just some observations, early observations about the Hanzo Foundation website. Um, there are pictures of the exec under executive bios and board of directors. You know, I was just wondering if uh, if there's any early word on have any of these people appeared in any of the lost episodes so far. I'm sure some people with a lot of time on their hands will be trolling through the lost episodes looking for similarities. No doubt we'll see them, uh, maybe one or two of them uh, in upcoming episodes, uh, maybe before the end of the season. Another thing, under active projects, there is a category electromagnetic research initiative. And it's interesting, there's a picture there that that talks about electromagnetic uh, fields on the Earth, and it says early morning hours of October 28, 2001, and there's a picture of an electromagnetic magnetic field. And I, I wonder if that was when the uh, the plane crashed, and uh, they're just trying to tease us here a little bit. Well, you guys take care. Thanks for all the good work you do with your podcast. Namaste. Stay lost. Bye. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see here. First off, the first question is, uh, were, are we aware of any of the names of these uh, prominent people in the Hanso Foundation in the episode? Not that I'm aware of. And I'm on the forums quite a bit, and I haven't seen anything. However, uh, I like how you insinuate that there might be some people with extra time on their hand. Uh, hint, hint. But anyway, if there's anybody out there that does know of any answers to his questions more specifically, uh, please feel free to give us a call on our listener line, which you can call us, and we so encourage your phone calls uh, like this. And its uh, phone number is 413-521-0958. Again, the number is 413-521-0958. And let's see. Oh, and the date of the crash, I still believe the date of the crash was 2004. I don't think that they actually threw anything like that to throw us out. But, hey, I've been wrong once or twice, I think, before. I don't know. Anyway, next call. Hi, Stephanie and Cliff. This is Michelle from Texas. I wanted to call in about last night's episode, Two for the Road, and just say, wow, that was an amazing, amazing episode. Well, I was long suspecting that Michael would come back and be a traitor of some sorts and, you know, be collaborating with the others. I had no idea that he would go to such extreme lengths as killing Anna in cold blood, turning the gun on Libby when she walked in unexpectedly. So I'm sure that would be a big topic of discussion of we had two deaths in one episode much sooner than I think anybody may have expected in the season. So great episode. I think Michael, he looked like he, he was a reluctant killer. He looked like he had to do this, but he wasn't in favor of it. Maybe it was just collateral damage that he had to do to get back to Walt somehow. But I think there's more to what we saw last night. So I think Henry Gale was just... The fake Henry Gale was excellent in his little bit of conversation with Locke about, once again, teasing Locke on about there's more to what's going on here than meets the eye. So, great episode. Can't wait to hear the podcast. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you, Michelle. And, yes, I believe that that uh, rather than all the speculation that's going on out there that Michael uh, perhaps was not being coerced or anything like that, I, I believe that Michael is doing this as a reluctant uh, uh, part of what the others have planned. And, you know, I, I, I believe that the guy is so in love with his son and wants to get his son back, and he's he's actually seen his son, and they've made some promises to him that if, if he goes back and gets uh, the fake Henry Gale out of 
the hatch, then then perhaps he will get his son back. I do not believe that um, the plan was initially to go in and murder Anna Lucia or anyone else for that matter. Uh, the, I think the plan was it to get Gale free and then to bring all the losties or a great deal of them with the guns uh, to the place where they could be ambushed. Uh, but that's just my own humble opinion, and uh, I'm, I'm with you, and, and I know there, there are some others out there that would like to speculate otherwise. So, anyway, next call. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Jeff in Buffalo. Two for the road. Awesome. Awesome episode. Hey, we knew that um, a couple of people were going to get killed, but uh, had no idea who the shooter was going to be and did not see that coming at all. Uh, just a couple of thoughts. I noticed that in the... Um, previously on Lost, that uh, Anna was talking to Michael in the previews and was talking about how the others are animals, and then Michael was saying that back to Anna right before he got the gun from her. Um, another thing about the gunshots, you know, when when the um, hatch went into lockdown mode, Henry was just going all crazy, asking Locke what's going on, what's going on in there. Uh, freaking out. Uh, I think if I heard a couple of gunshots, I, I would be yelling a little bit on what's going on. Uh, unless, of course, Henry uh, saw Michael. There was a brief shot where he saw Michael uh, being dragged in by Jack and Kate. Maybe he recognized Michael. Um, I just thought that was a little bit strange. Uh, one last thing. Any chance that Libby is not dead yet? Um, I know there's a little speculation about that, that uh, she was holding blankets and shot in the stomach. Maybe she dies uh, in the next episode. Hey, uh, you guys are doing great. Um, interested in hearing your comments about the Hanzo Foundation. Until then, namaste. I guess that means stay lost or something in Hanzo uh, talk. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you very much. I looked up the meaning of namaste uh, a while back, and I think it's just a a greeting of well wishes or something of that nature, but it's been so long ago I forget now. Anyway, um, Libby not dead. I, you know, that's very good. I I don't think that she is dead uh, yet, and I, I'm almost positive that she will die, unfortunately. Uh, and I believe, hopefully, perhaps just before she dies, Hurley will remember where he's seen her before and will reveal that she's another. Anyway, thank you for your call, and let's move on to our next one. Hello, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Fred calling from Long Island, not the Lost Island, but just wanted to let you know, really appreciate the show. I'm a uh, originally from Canada, so I really appreciate Rem's contributions also. And a um, couple comments on the episode following uh, the so-called episode called Reckoning. Um, just wanted to let you know, first of all, that uh, I do know a casual lost viewer. Uh, that's my wife. And um, basically, she's a faithful viewer of the show, has no interest whatsoever in all the um, podcasts, uh, forums, etc. So that's one thing. Uh, another thing is, uh, really love the uh, Lost in the News segment. Um, maybe let it run a little more straight through if you could that would be great um, really appreciate all your input all your uh, insights and comments keep it up guys talk to you soon bye 
Fred, thank you very much. Uh, as far as casual viewers, see, I knew there were some of them out there. And I am certain that uh, there are probably millions of others just like your wife who are casual viewers who enjoy the show thoroughly and yet could care less about these podcasts and the forums. So thank you very much for confirming that. As far as uh, letting the news run through, you know, I, I talked with Rem and, and uh, he actually brought it up and he said he actually liked it. He, he kind of enjoyed the interjection there, but perhaps... Uh, maybe not as often, maybe a good thing. We'll see how it goes in the future. Anyway, uh, as far as uh, everybody's been saying, hey, Cliff and Stephanie, and uh, I don't think I've mentioned it yet, uh, but it's obvious that Stephanie's not here with me during this portion of the recording. In fact, I uh, have been involved in a uh, seminar at our church this weekend, and so since I was going to be in late this evening and out early in the morning, Stephanie went to go stay with her mom and took the kids over there. And so I'm here alone tonight, and it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and my laptop battery is about to go dead. So hopefully I'll be able to finish this show before my battery dies. And if you're wondering, why would Cliff want his battery to go? Why can't he just plug it in? Well, here's what happens when I plug my laptop in. Not good. So anyway, I, I get two hours to record the show, and that's it. And Or I have to pause and come back after the battery's charged. Anyway, next call. It's Chris from Texas, and just wanted to let you guys know that I understand your pain about turning off satellite and cutting back on all that stuff. However, uh, if you still have access to the broadband from next door or whatever... ABC.com for streaming full episodes. So anyway, uh, just thought you might want to know. Don't, I hope never. Uh, I'm babbling. Hope you guys have a great day. Bye. Yes, thank you very much. And he's talking about last week. Stephanie and I shared that we are cutting back expenses. And uh, we are still without our satellite. And this week we actually watched lost live and were not able to pause and go back and... It was horrible. But then we downloaded our episode and, and everything was all good. And we I, we were able to insert the clips tonight. Or I inserted all the audio clips in, in the first portion. So anything you heard where Stephanie and I were talking, those clips did not exist when we were actually speaking. In fact, those were all inserted in. And, and what we did is we actually just worded, we actually said what the clips we actually inserted said. We spoke those words and responded to them, and then I came back in later uh, this evening, or actually this morning, and put those in. But you don't care. No, actually, some of you do care. Some of you don't. Oh, and we said that we had canceled our telephone service at home to move to our cellular phones, which has been working out pretty nicely. However, we also canceled our broadband service through the phone company. And Edith Baker actually emailed me and says, "How did you do it? You know, how how are you getting by? It's it's such an it's such an important thing or vital thing in in today's culture to have the internet." And Edith, uh, I told you that you know we were dedicated, we were going to do this, and I must confess that one day it wasn't even a full day, and I was absolutely devastated. And so I made a phone call that next afternoon, late afternoon. And they came and installed a uh, cable modem uh, through the local cable company. And I was able to get it at a, at a much lower cost. And so I am hooked back up to 
the um, high-speed internet. So it, it I lasted 24 hours, and it was awful. And so we have that back. And hopefully our donations will be able to uh, keep the podcast up and running. Because I'll tell you what, with all the... I, I didn't realize how much I actually relied on the internet to put this podcast together. But uh, we just want to say thank you to everybody who does contribute financially through the PayPal button. And uh, it really does help out, trust me. So thank you very much. And uh, let's, I think we got two more calls. And uh, let's go ahead and play the next one. Hey, uh, this is Debbie from Minnesota. I'm commenting on Two for the Road. And I won't comment on the shooting because everybody else will comment on that. No, I did not see that coming. Um, a couple things. Why do you think that when Christian and Anna Lucia were giving decided to call each other by fake names that Christian wanted to call Anna Lucia Sarah. That's his daughter-in-law's name, or would have been his ex-daughter-in-law by that time. Uh, do you think maybe he had uh, been in love with Sarah or maybe even was the one having an affair with her? I think that's quite unlikely and really a stretch, but of all of the names in the world, why would he have picked Sarah? Another thing, and this bothered me in the first Anna Lucia um, flashback, that her mother was her captain. I don't think that there's any precinct in on the face of the earth that would allow that sort of command structure that a captain would have uh, command authority over one of their children. Uh, in, she was an LAPD officer. She could have been in one of many, many, many precincts. So that doesn't, that just is completely unrealistic to me. Um, so anyway, those are two small nitpicky things uh, in the midst of that the huge uh, ending, which um, I can't wait to see what happens next. That's it. Have a good day. Thank you very much. And I think she said Debbie. And uh, Debbie, I, I agree with you that it was kind of odd that a Los Angeles police officer would have a mother who was her commanding officer. And obviously we see the con- point of conflict there when the mother is offering to help cover up a murder. So, yes, I think you're absolutely correct. And I edited out several portions of Stephanie and I's conversation this evening. And one of the things that I did edit out was where Stephanie actually mentioned that she only turned in her badge, but she never did forfeit her gun, which uh, she just pointed that out. We do have one final uh, voicemail that came in, and this is from Carlos. Now, Carlos uh, left a lengthy message, and as I have mentioned, my laptop battery is almost completely drained. And so, Carlos, I'm just going to play the first point or two, and then I'm going to stop it and comment and then close out the listener feedback section. Hi, Generous Speaking Podcast. This is Carlos from Albuquerque, New Mexico again. I'm calling about the episode two for the road. It was definitely one of the most riveting and shocking episodes of the season and to me had the most clues and or connections. I noticed the numbers on the cop cars, just countless um, similarities, you know, the bar with Jack's dad and Anosia and there, other than they're just the closest flashback, you know, two people from the island knowing each other besides Jack and Desmond, that's just the closest connection I found. And I noticed when they were driving in the rain and she's dropping Locke off at his little... um, that the house with his when he has a fight with that woman that the song playing is Pat Austin I think what Kate played for Sawyer when she's taking care okay I have to shut it down my my computer's just pulled up its last final warning before 
shutting down. So anyway, yes, those you actually are saying it was the most riveting. And Stephanie, uh, you know, I would have originally agreed with you right after the show, but you know, it was after the last three minutes when it really got good. And and Stephanie has convinced me that it was a ho hum episode. So I'm on the I'm on the fence on this one. As far as the music, uh, I don't know the name that you just said that that artist was but it it was in fact uh Patsy Klein and it was I go out walking after midnight and I will not be singing that again for you as I've already done that once in this show Now it's time for the Losty Insider with your host Trevor from sunny Southern California and if you didn't know it I'm the host of the Scribe Music Show come on over to www.scribemusicshow.com and check out the future of Christian music Today's Losty star is Harold Perrineau. Harold plays Michael Dawson on our favorite television show, ABC's Lost. Michael is, of course, the crazed father of kidnapped Walt. Thank you, Michael, for remi- reminding us. An interesting note about Harold that is only known to genuine Perrineau fans is that Harold had signature locks of long hair until he starred in the second and third Matrix movies. More on that later. He was born Harold Williams, and Perrineau is his mother's maiden name. Williams is his father's name. Harold's parents never married, and similar to Terry O'Quinn when he joined SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, there already was an actor with his real name, so he went with his mother's name. What I want to know is, what do these guys put down on credit card applications? They always ask for your mother's maiden name. Moving on. Uh, Harold was born on August 7th, 1963, in Brooklyn, New York. He also was raised there. Harold married Brittany, a former model, on August 27th, 2002. Not too long ago. An interesting note here is that Harold's wife was the Lotto Girl in Everyone Hates Hugo and Numbers. Harold and Brittany have one child, Aurora Brittany Perrineau. Some interesting facts about Harold is that he studied musical theater at the Shenandoah Conservatory in Virginia, and then he went on to dance on scholarship at the Alvin Ailey American Dance Center in New York. I don't know much about dancing, but I'm sure that New York is a prestigious place to go on a dance scholarship. Some unique roles that Harold has had throughout his career. Just can't help but dance to that. Yeah, Harold got started as a dancer on the TV show Fame, returning years later to star as Tyrone on stage. In fact, Harold's professional career was first on stage, moving onto the screen and TV years later in shows like Shakedown, The Cosby Show, Law and Order, uh, the movie The Edge, opposite Alec Baldwin and Sir Anthony Hopkins, ER, and The Best Man. Some more recognizable roles were the role that I first remember him from was as Link in the second and third Matrix movies. Mr. Anderson. Uh, thank you, Agent Smith. NBC's I'll Fly Away as Robert Evans, and that was his first television breakthrough. And Harold also starred as the wheelchair-bound narrator imprisoned for 20 to life on HBO's hit Oz as Augustus Hill. Harold also had a great opportunity to star opposite Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes in the 1996 remake of Romeo and Juliet. He was the infamous Mercutio. Some interesting numbers notes is that when Harold was 23, he was starring in the hit TV show Fame at the beginning of his career. Last year, when Harold turned 42, he was starring in our favorite TV show Lost. Hmm. You have no idea what it's like to care for somebody else. Well, thank you very much, Trevor, for that awesome information on Harold Perrineau. And so timely. You'd almost think that you had some inside connections bringing up Harold Parnell's uh, biography 
when it comes to the same exact week that he ends up shooting two of the characters on the island. Hmm. So anyway, uh, we would normally do Lost in the News and spoiler segments. However, Rem has not been feeling well this week, and I told him to take the week off. And if you want to check out to see what's going on in Lost in the News... Or uh, what's coming up in following episodes as far as spoilers are concerned. I'll give you one more shameless plug for the Lost Forum at ravenscraft.org forward slash Lost Forum. Well, guys, that about wraps everything up for me. And I apologize that Stephanie was not here for the remainder of the show. But I figured getting this thing out to you in a timely manner was important. And I know that she'll forgive me eventually for not bringing her in for the end. So thank you very much, and until next time, stay lost. You have been listening to the weekly Lost edition of the Generally Speaking Podcast Network. You can make our show even better with your feedback. Call our listener comment line at area code 413-521-0958 to leave your comments and questions. And please, start with your name and where you're calling from. If you would like to contribute to our weekly podcast, simply click on the PayPal Donate button on our website at www.generallyspeakingpodcast.com. Join us next week for another edition of Generally Speaking. Thanks for listening.